Well, hello again. This is Pod People's podcast for people who make podcasts. I'm Rachel King, the CEO here at Pod People, and this week we're spotting, discussing, and naming kids' content trends in the industry. And who better to chat with than Lindsay Patterson, the CEO of Tumble Media? Tumble Media is like the place to go for children's educational audio. They have content for kids, parents, and educators. But Lindsay's accomplishments don't stop there. She's also the co-founder of Kids Listen, which is a grassroots organization that has over 130 children's podcast creators. Plus, she helped develop the Kids Listen app, one of the only podcast listening apps designed for children. And she led the first ever study designed to track the listening habits of kids. Needless to say, Lindsay's inner child has an ear for the content that kids crave and parents want. With the pandemic keeping kids at home, parents, caregivers, and educators were all looking for ways to educate and engage kids, and we saw a huge increase in the listenership and production of kids' content. Join me and Ann Fuse, our head of business development, with Lindsay Patterson as we discuss whether we will see a lasting impact on the children's category, Lindsay's favorite kids' content out there, and whether we should expect more fiction in the children's space. Last year, the kids were not in school. They were home. Parents are trying to work. And so people were frantically looking for different kinds of content to entertain their children that they felt good about. Do you think that trend is going to stick around now that we are hopefully emerging from the pandemic? Yeah, 100%. I think it's going to stick around. I think that March 2020 was really a moment where a growing awareness of children's podcasts over the years met with the sudden need and demand for screen free entertainment, where people were really desperate to give the kids a break from screen time or not, you know, try to avoid screen time overload but still provide content that was educational and fun for the kids while parents could, you know, try to get things done. And so since then, like you said, there's been a huge explosion in kids' media. And Tumble started back in 2015 with our flagship podcast, Tumble Science Podcast for Kids. Back then, there was just not an awareness that kids could listen to podcasts, that kids could be engaged with media that didn't have a screen because it was really like YouTube's games, everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we really set out to prove that kids are listeners. And we found that kids are not only listeners, they're very deep and engaged listeners. And they engage with podcasts in a different kind of way than adults do. So it's been a really, really interesting audience and a really exciting time for growth in the space. Yeah, that is super exciting. What are some other trends that you're observing right now, like in the children's podcast space, other than obviously like the increase in listenership? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different things going on. I think that we're going to see podcasts across all different subjects. Like there's still so much that you can do in the basics of, you know, like, educational subjects and schools, because we're seeing a lot of teachers also using podcasts. 
there's a lot of story podcasts. There's getting into like way more audio fiction, which kids love. And sort of different age groups are interested in different things. So there's a lot of expansion there. I think, you know, kind of the standard and really the obvious thing that a lot of podcast makers got into kids doing was bedtime stories. Like, you know, I tell stories to my kids. It makes sense that I should record these and share these with other story with other kids. But as audio fiction grows and sort of the budgets for kids' podcasts are allowed to grow, I think we're going to see a lot more audio fiction as well with higher production values. Um, and we just came out with a brand new podcast that is not in science. It's a kids' yoga podcast. And so, Ooh. yeah, we're so thrilled about it. We're so excited because it's that element of movement where audio can, you know, not only can you listen to it, you can be guided by it as well. So Yoga Kids Adventure, which is the name of our new show, we have a yoga teacher that, you know, invites children to like come along into this space of imagination and movement. And there's like a rich environmental sound design uh, that can really allow kids to, you know, not only uh get up and move, but explore within like mindfulness and meditation and things like that. So what are some of your other like favorite kids, children's podcasts that you may not be producing, but that you're seeing in the space that you really like? Yeah. One of my favorites is Noodle Loaf, which is another one that leans into movement and exploration and creativity. It's a preschool podcast that's a music podcast and it's just really fresh. It has fun songs that get stuck in your head and you'll be singing them all day as like a good thing because they're good songs. Yeah, it's a really fun show where kids are really invited to participate and like even join like the chorus that they have doing the theme song, which is really sweet. Aww. Yeah. I feel like anytime you get audience participation, like, and singing is such like low hanging fruit for kids. Like they just get so much more involved and so much more interested in whatever they're listening to. Yeah, absolutely. And if you want more podcast recommendations from me, I wrote two recommendation articles for the New York Times for both. Oh, nice. Yeah. For both little kids and big kids. So I tried to include as much as possible and more keeps flooding the market. So I think it's really a case of being able to discover what's new out there. And like I said, kids want different things at different ages. So it's finding sort of the next stage, the next interest, as opposed to adults where it's like, if you're into this one thing, like you're going to mm -hmm. be into that for a while. <laughs> you're not like leaving aside your like childish interests. <laughs> That's so interesting. It would be so interesting to have a podcast where each season kind of grew with like a grade or an age. I didn't even think about how you could do that kind of like school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it can be very broad. I think with Tumble, we go from five to 12. And we also a really interesting and important thing when making kids podcasts is to remind yourself that adults are listeners as well. You have to get buy in from parents and teachers who are going to want 
to listen to these episodes over and over because that's what kids do. They listen to their favorite podcast episodes just like they want to read a favorite book or watch a favorite movie and they don't get sick of it until they're really ready to move on. So you have to make a show that's engaging both for the kid and the parent so that the parent isn't like, I'm going to (laughs) die if we listen to this one more time. (laughs) So I think that's really the secret sauce that we bring to our shows. Oh, I love that. And that's such a good point. All my friends with little kids are like ready to kill themselves if they hear the baby shark song one more time or Dora. (laughs) So that's a good point. And speaking of things that I could watch over and over and over, I have kind of a funny question. And I apologize if you get this all the time. But Finding Fred was one of my favorite podcasts of last year. And I was wondering when I realized we were going to talk to you, I was wondering if Mr. Rogers had a podcast today. What do you think it would sound like? Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) I was not prepared for this question. (laughs) You know, I love my friend Eric's podcast, What If Worlds? And it's just so, it's a storytelling improv podcast. And it's so wild in terms of like taking people to a really different place that has sort of been built up over time through listener feedback and the kids ask these what if questions and they play around with the characters. And I think, you know, it wouldn't be exactly Mr. Rogers show, but I think he takes just such a gentle, loving approach that Mr. Rogers really had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and we would still hear the door close at the beginning <laughs> I think, as he as he comes in yeah. and maybe take his shoes off. There are like certain elements that I think they could bring in things that are like have sound to them. Like we could hear him feed the fish. Did you guys hear that story that he got a letter from a little girl who was blind and she got worried because she couldn't see him feeding the fish. So she got worried that the fish wasn't getting fed. And so he started saying it. And now I'm feeding the fish so that she would know that he was feeding the fish. (laughs) That is the most heartwarming thing I've ever heard. (laughs) That's interesting because we're working on a project involving blind and visually impaired students. Oh, cool. And it's really made me realize like the other advantage of podcasts for kids are that there's no need to sort of translate it for visually impaired people. It's an inherently description-based medium. So a lot of times, like you said, people can feel like they're missing out on other things or they don't have like the assistive technology to get on board with YouTube channels and things like that. But podcasts can be another place where, you know, they have the full experience that any sighted child would have. Oh, I love Mm -hmm. that. I noticed that you're in Barcelona. Is that the case? You're based in Spain? Right now I'm in a closet in Texas, but I'm usually in a closet (laughs) type environment in Barcelona. Um, We've been living in Barcelona for the past four years. One of my favorite cities. And I was just interested because I know Europe has their own like huge audio scene. Is it similar over there where kids content has had like a really big boom in the last couple of years? They are definitely looking to what's going on in the U.S. and wanting to follow that. And that's another thing that we're working on. We've worked with Spanish-based production company called La Coctelera Music on translating and adapting Tumble, the science show, 
into Spanish. It was actually the first English to Spanish translation of a children's podcast. And so we're wanting to expand on that and do more things for the bilingual market because there's really not a lot of multilingual podcasts for kids right now. Yeah. Yeah. We're really excited about that. That's awesome. What are some of the biggest differences you see between the younger kids content and the older kids Mm. content? Like, is it more thematic? Is it more structured or less structured? Is it more music driven? Like, what are the biggest differences? Yeah, we did a study with Kids Listen, which is a nonprofit advocacy organization for podcasts for kids that I co-founded. We looked at what are the different interests of different age groups and young children are more into nature and stories and science. And when you get into older kids, they're into serialized fiction. Okay. So like that kind of, in my own experience, I have a seven-year-old now, like at the beginning, it was like all bedtime stories and science. And now he listens to a mix of science and serialized fiction. I feel like as you're getting older and into that like growing up from the five, six, seven ages, when you start to have a slightly longer attention span. So the serialized fiction probably strikes more of a chord. Yeah, it feels like more of a chapter book. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you can kind of follow it along chapter by chapter versus, you know, when you're little, it's just like, tell me one bedtime story. Mm -hmm. I think you really get a diversification of like what subjects that you're into. Mm -hmm. You know, another aspect of kids podcasts is kids making podcasts as well. So Mm -hmm. that's to me like a really exciting mix that's in our community. It's both adult professional podcasters and kids who are just inspired to do something on their own. Also, you know, maybe working with their parents or friends or teachers and creating stuff that's really outside the box in terms of like what we think of podcasts now. Yeah. Oh, I love that idea. I also think that kids will be so much more likely to listen to their peers, like other children. It's a great way to like learn through podcasting. I love that. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. I think that children's podcasts and specifically fiction too. I think you're right. We're going to see a huge jump in that in the production quality and the quantity. And I'm so excited for it. I've also heard that from like a bunch of, you know, high up folks in the industry that that's the kind of one of the main kinds of content that they're looking for right now. So I think children's content is going to have a very good year. I'm excited. Yeah. And I also, I know that I talked about audio fiction, but I think that we're working a lot in terms of nonfiction educational content. And that as we see more adoption by teachers, I really want teachers to turn to podcasts as much as they turn to YouTube and apps and other sorts of materials to really integrate audio, Mm -hmm. which has all sorts of benefits for learning. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. Well, if folks want to see more of your work and find you on the internet, where should they do that? So our website is tumble.media. And so you can learn more about the company there. And our podcast, Tumble, which is going into its seventh season this coming September, is sciencepodcastforkids.com. And then you can find the new yoga podcast at yogapodcastforkids.com. So 
a naming convention to follow. That's awesome. Well, perfect. I'm so glad that we got to chat. I know that a lot of our community members are going to be super into this. So thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, there you have it. We can use children's podcasts as a way to create a more accessible school curriculum, listen to serialized fiction as a sort of audio chapter book for kids, and to make multilingual podcasts for multilingual children. Part of kids' podcasts may be bedtime stories, but don't sleep on this growing section of the industry. Thank you again, Lindsay, for your time, insight, and your incredible knowledge about the children's podcast space. On next week's episode of Pod People's Podcast for People Who Make Podcasts, Tyler speaks with longtime community member Jerusalem Truth about what it is to be a Gen Z adult in a millennial world, the hurdles and struggles of getting paid to do what you love, and making space for yourself and others at the table whenever possible. I am a Black woman. I am a queer Black woman. By virtue of the fact that my identity, quite literally, for better or worse, kept me out of certain rooms but still put me into other spaces. I mean, it sounds very simple and cliche, but you have to do the work. The Pod People team is me, Rachel King, Ann Fuse, Matt Sav, Andrea Perez, Ashton Carter, Isabel Genius, Amy Machado, Alex McManus, Jasmine Hammond, Danielle Roth, Sammy Reed, Stephanie Bashara, Madison Lusby, Brian Rivers, and Andy Bosnick. This podcast is edited by Katie Clarkson and mixed engineered by Andy Bosnack. All links mentioned in this episode are, as always, listed in our show notes. Catch us on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and our very cool new private discussion platform, Circle. To access Circle, hear about jobs, attend Pod People events, and more, join our community. Go to podpeople.com slash join to become a Pod People community member for free. You can always send us an email at hello at podpeople.com. We love receiving your emails and hearing from you. Until next time. Don't bark, buddy. My dog is right here wanting his D-I-N-N-E-R. Not yet.